0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the second morning service of Saturday the 26th of February 2011, entitled, Taking a Time Out. And the Bible reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Here's Brother Brian Beaver. Uh, Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You can imagine what... uh, What my people at my church have to endure about 250 days out of the year. So pray for my people at my church. Uh, No, I, you know, we kind of grow on each other like mold. Uh, (laughs) But uh, aren't you glad that we aren't all alike? (laughs) No, I'm serious. No. I can guarantee you if you had a church full of people like me you'd you would definitely need uh, uh some intercession. But uh yeah. But but God makes up the family and the body with different members. And we all have different abilities, different tasks and I've said this before if if you don't use the gift and this is not my my message but if If God has given, let me rephrase that, God has given you a gift. Each one of you have a specific gift. You may have more than one, but you have at least all have one. And you have to use the gift God gave you. You can't compare yourself to somebody else. You can't complain about the gift God gave you. You have to just use the gift God gave you. And if you don't use the gift God gave you, the body of Christ will be Malformed. It won't work properly. Think about that the next time you sit and say, oh, let's let somebody else do that. I don't have time to get involved. God's not looking for successful people. He's looking for faithful people. And so um, I want you to look at uh, Ephesians chapter number 5. Look at verse number 14. We'll start there. Verse number 14. Paul told the church in Ephesus, he said, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee life. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The word fool means exactly what you think it means. See then that you walk circumspectly. Any of you know what circumspectly means? It means to make sure you watch every single step you take. I grew up on a farm. A cattle farm, a dairy farm. Wherever you walked where we live, you walk circumspectly. You have to look at every step you take. You get my drift. Paul's telling the church, make sure that every step you take, you're very aware of where you're going. By the way, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says walk backwards. It says walk forward. Now, we all know as God's people that it's easy to see God's will. I've talked to Tenneka before in, in in length. I've talked to Shelley and Tyler and Panos and Amber and Evie and all the ones that have been here over a period of years. And we've all come to this conclusion that it's a whole lot easier seeing God's will when you look that way than it is when you look that way. You can see what God did and what He was doing, but sometimes it's very difficult, isn't it, Michael, to see Him His will when you're walking that way. But he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. You know, one of the most intriguing passages is that in Psalm 37, where it says that the steps that he has put in my life have been ordered by him. Psalm 37 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means that God, I believe, sometimes we don't walk by faith. Our faith is not based on just blindness. It's based on facts. Our faith is based on factual evidence. The Bible. When we walk by faith, he says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We take a step, though we don't... Listen, the children of Israel, when they went across the Jordan River, didn't cross like they did the Red Sea. When they went across the Red Sea, God parted the waters. They went over on dry ground. That don't take a whole lot of faith to see the miraculous thing that God did. You just walk. But when they went across the Jordan River and Joshua led them, the Levites took the Ark of the Covenant, and when they took and stepped right into the Jordan River, the water wouldn't it until their toes touched the water. A lot different, isn't it? I believe God will put ground underneath the steps that you take. You may not know what happens tomorrow, but I can guarantee you this, you might not know what tomorrow holds, but thank God we know the one that holds tomorrow. And when we walk, we put put faith, and God puts ground underneath that step of faith. But in verse 24, it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Verse 24 says, though... He fall. It didn't say if he fall. Though he fall. There's not a person in this room who not fallen. You're looking at a preacher that's fallen. There have been many times in my life where I've grown cold and apathetic and I wanted to get in the corner and be invisible. But you know what? God don't want us to be invisible. God wants us to be visible. You can't serve effectively if you're invisible. If you get in your church and just kind of hide... And used to say, I'm just going to kind of lose myself in the crowd and hopefully he won't call on me to pray. Hopefully he won't call on me to go on soul winning or go out to the outreach. And I'll just kind of get in. You'll never reach anybody invisible. You've got to be visible. And when you're visible, you take risks. And anybody that has fallen has taken risk. And if you haven't fallen, then chances are you ain't never really taken a risk. I took a real risk starting my church a year and five months ago in an area where it's full of churches. But let's be honest, our whole world's full of churches with people who are claiming to be something they're not. say, well, preacher, what's the method to your madness? Well, look at verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 5. Paul told the church, he said, redeeming, listen, young people, redeeming the time because the days are What? Pornia, pornographic, wicked. That's what we, we live in a day and age of wicked, unadulterated. Listen, young people, we are living in times that if you don't believe it. I saw something post 9-11 I thought I'd never see. I was in New York just a year and a half after the Twin Towers fell. And we were coming down the road. I just preached at a church, First Baptist of Sixth Avenue in New York City. We were coming down the street, Pastor, and as we went through Times Square and back to Bay Ridge and got on the expressway to get back across the man, the New York Harbor, there was a sign for a place that where ladies, women, excuse me, not ladies, women dance for money. Let's be honest take all the clothes off. And it had on the marquee all the names of the women that were doing that that night. And at the bottom of that sign, they had the audacity to put on there and God bless the USA. May I say this, young people, you may not be engrossed in some kind of wicked open sin like that, but God blesses those that are broken and are contrite. And the only way you're going to do that is to spend much time with the One that loves you and died for you. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Young people, you've got 86,400 seconds in a day. That's 1,440 minutes. Out of that 1,440 minutes, when you take away sleeping, eating, getting ready in the morning, getting ready for bed, and listen, driving back and forth from work, you've got about 610 minutes left in a day. That means about a 9-hour and 30-minute period of a day that you have left to do something for the King of glory. What are you doing with the time God gave you? I want to talk to you for just a few moments about taking a time out. Have you all ever seen when the game gets out of hand on a soccer field or in a basketball court, the coach says, I've had enough, my team is not doing what I've asked them to do, and he does this. And the referees say, time out, the game's going to stop for just a few moments, and they go back to the bench, and their their coach, Tyler, gives them marching orders and says, what you were doing wasn't the right thing, and I want you to get back on the right path. So, young people, what we've got to do is we've got to take We've got to take a time out sometimes. I think it's best to I just stay back here, it seems like. My thing's getting acting up when I walk down there, but we'll work that out later. But taking a time out, I want you to turn very quickly. I'm going to go real quick. If I preach fast, will you listen fast? All right, good. Exodus chapter number 14, look at verse 13. Exodus 14, very quickly. All the way back to Exodus chapter number 14, and look at verse number 13. Exodus 14 and verse number 13. A lot of us, of course, we know the story. If we've, uh, we've we've been brought up in a Christian home or if you've been saved a length of time, you know the story. Children of Israel have been delivered. Moses went before Pharaoh and said, Let my people go. Heard a story one time about a preacher was preaching. Every time he got going, uh, there was a guy out in the crowd and he got right, Dave, almost to the point where he'd close his message. A guy in the crowd would go, Amen, preacher! And boy, he'd wind it up about five more minutes. And he'd preach five more minutes and he'd get to about the end of that and then God'd go, Amen! And he'd preach five more minutes. Sounds a lot like me, don't it? But anyway, he finally got to the end of his message and the pastor was sitting on the platform and he said, Amen, Pharaoh! And the preacher said, Let's close in prayer. And he closed in prayer and he got after the service. He asked the pastor, he said, Why did you say, Amen, Pharaoh, to me? He said, Well, I was trying to imply, Let my people go. <laughs> Moses stood before, listen, he stood before the king of Egypt and he said, the Pharaoh of Egypt, and he said, let my people go. They let him go, but then he said, you know what? Uh, Pharaoh said, I don't want to make my own bricks. I think we need to go get them." And so as they had left, well, now think about this now, conservative num- numbers, three million Jews are now exiting out of, their exodus out of Egypt. They're going toward uh, the Red Sea. They look behind them, and there is a billowing cloud of dust. It's the Egyptian army coming back for them. They stand at the very edge of the Red Sea, and they cannot. They don't have time to go to the left. That's three million people. Listen, I've got a wife and two children. It takes us two hours to get ready to go to Costco. Can you imagine three million people? They can't go to the right, they can't run back because the Egyptian army's coming toward them. Michael, they look ahead of them, and there's nothing but water. They look to the man of God, they look to their leader, and Brother Les, their leader stands up, and I want you to look at what he said in verse number 13. And Moses said unto his people, Fear you not. Say the next two words with me. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today you shall see them again no more for ever the Lord shall fight for you and he shall hold you peace young people if we're going to have some time with Jesus Christ listen to me Second Chronicles 16 9 says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him who is complete toward him We've talked about guarding against heart disease. We've talked about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But can I say this? If you in this day and age where we live, listen, life is faster than it has ever been before, ever. It's a microwave generation. We want everything now. We want everything cheap. And we want everything on credit. (laughs) Good old American way. But you know what? Spirituality don't come that way. You've got to spend much time with Jesus Christ. If you're going to have a vibrant relationship with Him, it's time that we take a time out. We're busy. Everybody's busy. If you're doing anything, you're busy. But if you're too busy to spend time with the one that died for you, may I say this? This is really, really basic theology. Then you're just too busy. We've got to take a time out. Say, how do you do that? Well, number one, you do what Moses told the people. What did he say? Stand still. Stand still. There's times in all of our life where we've got to stand still and see God's protection. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Was there any other way for them to be delivered than God miraculously parting the Red Sea and then walking over on dry ground? No. God delivered them and He protected them. And may I say this? He'll do the same in your life if you'll just stand still. Sometimes we just got to stand still and see God's protection. Her name was Jamie Lane. She was 16 years of age. She took $2,000 and she went to the country of Tanzania. She said, I'm going to stay here for a few months. God had been burdening her heart about missions. She said, I'm going to stay here for a few months and at least until I run out of money. And she said, then I'll come home and then I'll ask God where I need to go. But you know how it is. The longer she stayed in that country, the more she fell in love with the people. She met a young lady that came to the service one night. She was about a 16-year-old young lady. She was carrying a little four-year-old baby on her back. She asked the young lady if that was her her baby. The 16-year-old girl said, no, it's not mine. Her mother is very, very sick. Jamie said, well, can I go visit her? The little little four-year-old's name was Junio. She went to visit that mother. That mother had AIDS. Well, everybody in here knows if the mother usually has AIDS, the one, the birth of the baby that she gives birth to usually has it too. Well, she went and she... She visited this mother. She began to talk to her over a three- or four-week period of time. Uh, That lady, Jamie Lang, took care of this little baby for the mother and to help her out. About two and a half to three months went by. She got in the advanced stages of age, the mother did. Jamie Lang went back to her and began to witness to her. And she said, listen, she said, just two nights ago, I asked Christ to save me. She said, what? And I wouldn't hear? She said, no, you've lived the life in front of me. You've lived it in front of me. I know it's real. You've cared for my baby when nobody else would. And she said, because of that, I've trusted your Savior. And I've asked Him to be mine. Do you know what, folks? That mother died. Now, here is a 17, 18-year-old young lady. She got a burden to adopt this little baby. Well, a, you know, internationally, it's very difficult in other countries to, to, to adopt. But do you know what? God and His providence... Teneca allowed this lady, at 22 years of age, three years later, fighting the government, fighting all the odds and ends, she finally got to adopt Junio. At that time, he was seven years of age. Everybody began to say, well, we need to take him to the doctor and see how far along he is with the HIV virus. You want to know what happened? You want to know how good God is and how He protects? Do you know when that mother was about seven months pregnant, she thought that she could take a morning-after pill? and abort that baby. But you know, instead of aborting that baby at seven months pregnant, she induced labor. And because the baby was born so premature that Evie, it did not uh, allow a lot of blood flow and there wasn't a lot of mess. And you know what? That baby was born and did not have HIV. What she meant to destroy that baby, God used to save it. And you know what? That lady now at 35 years of age is translating the New Testament in the Wycliffe Bible Society. And you know what? She got married. She's got three beautiful children of her own. And Junio to this day is healthy and 12 years old. See, folks, what I'm saying is this. There's got to be times in our life where we just get along a little bit and stand still long enough to see God protect. May I say this? Isaiah 26, 3 says, He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. David stood before that, that giant Goliath, and we know it's a story that we hear in VBS, and we hear when we're 10 years old, but the principle's still there in the Bible. He said, you know what, Goliath? You come to me with a spear and a sword and a shield. He said, but I... I got you, didn't I? Huh? I got her. He said, but I don't mean to preach this morning. I just can't help it sometimes. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Psalm 86 says, The Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth in and are safe. May I say this? That giant may look too big to hit, but David said, Thank God he's too big to miss. You've got to stand still, young people. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Stand still and see His protection. Number two, turn to Psalm 23. Now all I'm going to give you is verses. I'm just giving you Bible, all right? I want you to look at what David said in Psalm 23. We all know it. One of the the most famous passages of Scripture and one of the most quoted passages in all the Bible. But I want you to look at something that God got a hold of me about. He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the... What kind of waters? Still waters. He restoreth my soul. Now look up at me. If we're going to spend time with Jesus Christ, listen, if you're going to keep a heart for God in this day and age where we have so much going on, you you know what? There is so much going on in our world that the only way you're going to hear sometimes a voice of God is just to get alone and get into quiet places. Hey, man, take the earplugs out. Put the cell phone down. Close your iPad up. Put the laptop in the desk. And just get alone and spend some time with Jesus. The only way you're going to do that is to stand still and see His protection. But David said, you got to sometimes just lay still. Have you ever, sitting up and just being alone wasn't good enough, you had to just lay down and just kind of lose yourself in His presence? Lay still and see His provision, Dave. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He maketh me to lie down in what kind of pastures? green. You know what green is a sign of? Life. It's lush pasture land for your cattle, for your grazing. Young people, listen. God owns it all. And He wants to bless your life. And the only way sometimes that we can allow Him to do that is to just get alone and not only stand still, but lay still. I don't even have to go back there, but listen. You remember when the children of Israel were in the wilderness? And what should have only taken about three days took them 40 years. Sounds a lot like us, don't it? Wandered around, complaining, griping, bickering against authority, against their God. And do you know what God did to them? God Didn't judge them. He didn't condemn them the whole time that they were shaking their fists in the face of God and saying, we want flesh. Lord, we're tired of all this manna. God still gave them enough every single day and twice the portion that they needed on the day before the Sabbath so they wouldn't even have to gather up on the Sabbath. Can I ask you all a question? I know you all are some intelligent young people, but can I ask you a question? where were they at when God provided meals for them? They were in a land where you could not grow anything. The desert. They were in an uncultivated, uninhabited place, and God gave them manna every day for, can I ask you a question, how many years? Forty years. He did that every day. Do you know what they say? Studies have said that it would take To feed conservatively 3 million people, it would take, Dave, 50 boxcars full of bread every day to feed that crowd. But God did it every day for 40 years. God told Moses to strike a rock, Tyler, and water came out of it for their sustenance and their quenching the thirst. And He did that every day for 40 years. It'd take 12 million gallons a day to, to quench the thirst of a crowd that size. But yet God did it every day, and they still said, Can our God really furnish a table in the wilderness? May I say this, young people? If your soul's dried up a little bit, it ain't God's fault, and that's bad English, but it's good preaching. It ain't God's fault, it's your fault. My God's able to provide. Matter of fact, that's one of these names, Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide Himself a lamb. Young people, let me tell you something. If you're going to spend time with Jesus Christ, and I'm not blowing smoke at you, my dear pastor friend back there knows, there's been times in our ministry where the only friend we had was him. But I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I want to ask you a question. How much of him do you want? If you, want, if you want His glory, if you want His, His hand of blessing on your life, if you want to experience, like Paul said, I want to know Him so well that when He shows up, He don't look at me like a stranger and I hug Him with open arms and I love Him to the day, all the days of my life. If you want to know Jesus Christ like that, then you've got to stand still. You've got to lay still. But turn to Psalm 46 and look at verse 10. And most of you know this verse and I'll be done with this. Most of y'all have heard the story about the little boy that went to church for about the third time in his life. And as he was listening to the pastor, he was standing beside of his mom and the pastor said, "Penos," at the end of his message, and in conclusion, and he tugged on his mom's skirt and he said, Mommy, what's in conclusion mean? And she said, Nothing. Sometimes with me, it means nothing. But I know we're on a schedule, so I want you to look at Psalm 46 and look at verse number 10. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, young people, look up at me and I'm going to be done with this. If you're going to have a relationship that's just not by proximity but by experience and know the God of heaven like He knows you. Listen, you can know Him by experience, not by just proximity. I've known a lot of people that know factual things about Christ. Now, I talked to a Jewish rabbi in the United States of America, and I'm going to tell you, he knows more about Jesus Christ, and he's got more knowledge of Jesus Christ than his pinky finger, and i got my whole body. But you know what? That don't mean anything. Unless you've got a relationship with Him, all you got's got religion. How do you know Him like that? Well, number one, you got to stand still. you just got to get alone and have some time with Him. It's not that difficult to figure this out. Stand still, lay still, and the third thing is just be still. Stand still and see His protection. Lay still less and see His provision. But number three, be still and see His person. See who He is. With this, I'm done. I guess it was about a year ago after I got back from here, a little less than a year ago I got back from here, and God had dealt with me the whole time that I was here that um, I needed to start my own work from the ground up. By the way, it's called Bethel Baptist Church, too. Ironically, huh? I was discouraged, young people. Guess what? Preachers get discouraged too. Somebody said one time, "You know, Brother Brian, you're just a little bit too transparent. You need to not, you need to not be that way in the pulpit, people. You won't command authority from the pulpit if you're transparent." I beg to differ. I think it's good when people know. Paul told the church in Corinth. He said, "You know what? I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the deep. Hey, they beat me with rods three times." Saved 39 stripes. He said, I was beaten with rods extensively. I was stoned to death at Lystra. I think that's being pretty transparent, don't you? Preachers struggle with discouragement too. Michael, I went home and got on my face and I said, God, give me an answer. And while I laid there, he said, Brian, I named every star you're looking at right now. Pleiades, the book of Job. God named that. It's a constellation in the heavens. Andromeda. He knows every name of every star he ever shot out into existence. But he said, Brian, I do know all the names of the stars, he said, but I know your name. You're not just a number to me. I know you by name. You want to know how he knows you by name? because He's written your name on the palm of His hand. And that same God that knows your name wants you to spend time with Him. Be still. It ain't always going to be smooth sailing. But the will of God usually ain't the easiest way. It wasn't for Jesus. Dave, He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and He prayed, and sweat as it were, great drops of blood when He prayed. And you know what? I don't think that's a very easy thing to do. But yet he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, O God. Can I ask you a question tonight, or today, or whatever time it is? (laughs) Have you spent time, really? I want you to answer this in your heart. If there's a hole that can't be plugged by nothing more but him, why don't you spend time with him? You've got to stand still. You've got to lay still, and you've got to be still. The songwriter said, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. And you want to know something, young people? I'd love to tell you too, but it would take me forever. But I'll tell you this one truth. The God that needs nobody wants somebody to spend time with Him and that somebody's you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, blessing the remainder of our time. God, please, as the the writer of Proverbs said that the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. God, please make us bold when we go out on the streets. Lord, not to be militant and to be contentious for our faith, but Lord, to earnestly contend for it. Lord, we'll love you and praise you, Lord, and help us as your people to realize, Lord, it's not where we worship. It's who we worship. So God, I pray that you would help us to spend much time with you and take a time out in our lives. And we'll love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.